Hi, this is Victoria Schnepps, publisher of AM New York Metro and 70 other community newspapers in New York City, Long Island, and Westchester. But today, we are bringing you Rodney Bigachet, and she mm-hmm. is not only the assemblywoman in Brooklyn, but I'm so proud to tell you that she, as a woman, has been selected to be the head of the Kings County Democratic Club, aside her being, of course, an assemblywoman. For how many years? Welcome, Rodney. How many years have you been assemblywoman? I've been an assemblywoman for five years. How are you, Vicki? I'm terrific. So I wanted to ask you to think back into your childhood. Who was your mentor, your inspiration? Who do you think gave you the courage and the ability to be the leader you are today? Well, first of all, Vicki, thank you for having me on, um, and it's truly an honor to be serving not only as an assembly member, but the uh, Kings County New Democratic Party and county leader. Um, so it's, it's it's phenomenal. And, you know, I had I had many folks in my life who were my mentor, who, who just, I can start with President Obama. Uh, one of the reason why I got into politics is was when I was in Chicago, I had joined his U.S. senatorial um, campaign. This was my first step, my first experience in in being part of a campaign. And we there were leading the Democratic Party out in the west suburbs of Illinois. This is when he was running for U.S. Senate, and we won. Wow. Um, I was invited to his birthday parties. This is before anybody knew who he was. Mm. And so when I when I relocated back to New York City in 2005, um, people started to know who he was, and there he was running for the president. Um, and then it was a little bit afterwards, um, after being kind of involved in local politics, I had joined the White House uh, project, which was a leadership, government, political, um, I would say, forum for women who were interested in running for office or being in government. And I think that was very uplifting, uh, where there was a forum for women who were interested in government. Mm. Typically, you see a lot of men running, and here I was, part of a group of, of women who were interested in taking a role in government, and that was the push for me to start my a political career in, as a district leader in 2010. So I've been a district leader for, two, for 10 years, and I must say I've picked up a number of mentors um, along the way, um, and uh, Frank City will be one of them. Right. <laughs> so where did you grow up? I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, in the Flatbush, uh, the heart of Little Haiti, uh, where my parents migrated from Haiti and uh, raised me in, you know, in, in East Flatbush. And um, it was, again, a great experience having to live in a very diverse area of Caribbean immigrants um, and Jewish immigrants as well. Um, so, you know, I really, really was fortunate to, after having traveled the world and living elsewhere for 15 years, 
uh, able to come back to my home base and now be a public servant to the village that helped raise me. Well, you know, I think that the um, experience of growing up, it sounds like it was a very sheltered environment where you were very nurtured by your family. Is that so? I would say so. Um, the Haitian, being raised in a Haitian household can be very strict. You know, the three things that they care about the most in Creole would say they call la kind they please, which is school, home, and church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so it was all about um, education for us in the household, um, and pretty Are much. Are you one trying of to, many? Are you one of many, or what, how many siblings did you have? I had uh, it, it was four of us, um, and on my father's side, it was eight of us. Oh my! So, so that's a yeah. flourishing family. Do they ever? Do <laughs> yeah. they all come out to help you campaign on your first race? Uh, maybe one or two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one or two, but um, I have a lot of cousins. My grandparents had twenty-six kids, and oh so I have a lot of first cousins. And yeah, so I had a lot of cousins who helped me out. Yes. So was that in Haiti that they had twenty-six children? Yes, my grandmother had 13, and my grandfather had 26, so he had 13. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, it's really, you know, what brought them to come to America? When did they come here? Well, my parents, my father was a famous jazz musician, and he would travel the world, uh, typically to Cuba a lot, so his music was definitely influenced with Afro-Cuban. Uh, rhythms. He came into in the late '60s, and my mom came in early '70s. Had me, and um, after that, after a few years, they were able to file for their kids um, to come here, and, and and the rest is history. So let me ask you now: What is happening in the Brooklyn politics? What do you see with mm -hmm. this? Uh, are your priorities now in terms of leadership? Where? You know, everybody, when they take on a huge job, like the head of the Democratic Party of Kings County, wants to put their mark on it. Are there certain things that you are going to look to put your imprint on that role? Yeah, I mean, for one, uh, right now, we're certainly looking to raise money and build the Treasury, rebuild the Treasury of the Brooklyn um, Democratic County um, Party, because we need to operate and we need to get more people across all the boroughs, um, across the borough, to be civically engaged. So one of the things is that, and I know there's some been some people saying, oh, we need to see more accountability and transparency. Uh, we've been very transparent. We post our financials on the website. Uh, we reactivated our finance committee. Um, so we want to do that. And I think the most important thing, obviously, is to unify uh, Democrats across. Brooklyn, we have the largest number of Democrats in the state of New York and one of the largest county of Democrats um, across the United States. Oh, over my. $1.2 million. Yeah, over 1.2 million people. Wow. A, a, a yeah. registered Democrats? Yes, yes, those are actual Democrats. And so when any, anyone is looking to run citywide, countywide, uh, statewide, or even for president, they should really consider Brooklyn being one of their first stops. <laughs> oh, you should be the epicenter. And talking about the election, we have the presidential election coming up this year. How are you going to mm -hmm. deal with that? How are you getting out the vote? 
Well, we are working with Board of Election, making sure that people know that there will be a primary coming up on April 28th, as well as um, a special election and, and another primary coming in June. So we're working very hard to make sure that we educate the voters in different languages uh, so that, that they are fully prepared uh, what to expect. And with early voting being rolled out, that helps a lot because it gives people time 10 days prior to vote. Well, you know, this is the, people are very confused. I must share with you because I said to a friend, you know, we have uh, the election coming up. Yeah, well, it's not until September, Vicki. That's when we do the... So there's a whole turnaround of dates, and I think people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a lot of people don't know that the primary has moved from September to June. So typically when we're voting for our city council, state members, congressional, we, we used to vote in September. We changed that last year in our voting election reform package. Uh, we also uh, voted for early voting where people can vote 10, you know, up to eight days before the election. We also offered the opportunity for people to register online and change their party online as well as 16- and 17-year-olds being um, able to be pre-registered while they're in high school so that after they graduate, um, they are eligible to vote. So we incorporate a number of things that would help make it easier uh, for people to vote. Well, you know, this is a lot of newbie kind of information. And I'm glad that we have our media to spread the word. Are you being challenged in your race, or you're going to be okay for assembly? I I, I don't know. For the last uh, five years, and I think last three elections, I have been challenged. Um, so I'm used to it. Uh, I haven't seen anything yet, which would be very surprising. And I would be actually worried because I'm so used to people voting for me. Um so we'll see. Is there a but filing a date? What's the magic date that they have to file by in order to run? Because the assembly is up for re-election this year, 2020. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, they have to file, I guess they have to get their petitions um, in in by, uh, I don't know, late February, um, late March. So that's when they will have to file. So when they do the presidential election, I mean, how will you decide? Will the Democratic Party actually endorse one of the candidates for the April presidential primary? I don't think we're going to do that yet. Um, we have not decided. We are meeting a few of the candidates. Uh, we collectively, as a group, will decide whether we're going to endorse or not. Um, I think March 3rd coming up will be an indicator of where each of the candidates are. That's a Super Tuesday. Um, so we'll see. But for right now, we're staying put. Well, with a wild card called Mayor Bloomberg in the race, mm -hmm. some people ask me what's going on because he's not been at the primary so far. So when will he be jumping into the actual primary fight? I believe he has been... I think the DNC has changed their rules to allow him... Um, to be eligible um, to actually participate in the next debate. So oh, we will see that. Right, <laughs> right. So, you know, Rodney, I know you have this very important and very, I mean, going up to Albany is never easy, a very difficult, uh, challenging <laughs> job. But what do you do for fun? 
Well, what do I do for fun? I watch Netflix and a whole bunch of other programming, Amazon, Hulu, and TV shows on demand. Um, I just like to watch TV shows for fun. Um, definitely, I used to travel quite a bit. Um, I don't travel often, but I just came uh, from Mexico uh, to, from a wedding, and that was wonderful. And I'm like, okay, I need more of this beautiful, relaxing uh, moment. Well, you know, you've got to work hard, which you do, but you've got to find time for play. Oh, yeah, definitely. I I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you got to take a break because that enhances your ability to, you know, do all the things you must do. I mean, your days, when do they begin and when do they end? Well, it's 24-7. I wake up early in the morning. Um, I work out. I um then go to my meetings, and I come back home late over the weekends. I'm at different events, um, so it's a lot. Oh, and but how? But I do find time in between, you know, to take a nap here or there. <laughs> Is there one issue that you're going to make yours in terms of the assembly? Is there any particular thing that you kind of have as your baby, your kind of mission? Yeah, my baby has been Minority Women Business Enterprise. Um, I've been the chair of that committee, subcommittee, for some time. We were able to pass landmark bills um, last year. This year I'm focusing on uh, the Child's Victim Act and renewing it to to have another year, a look-back year, as well as banning menthol and tobacco. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's controversial, but it's... Well, you know, it's needed. Massachusetts has banned flavored vaping and flavored tobacco. Uh, we look like we're going to be um, banning flavored vaping, but it's been it's been very controversial on the tobacco side. Um, the big tobaccos are having a, a big say and paying lobbyists to stop these bills. So, you know, we're fighting, we're fighting, you know. So I would say those are some of the top bills well, I- that I'm looking at. Obviously, we care a lot about the women's rights. I'm a minority-owned business myself, and I know how mm-hmm. difficult it is, Rodney. So I, I lobby you to make mm-hmm. the application less complicated because yeah, it took yeah. about five staff people to fill out the application to be qualified <laughs> as a minority-owned mm-hmm. business. But let me go back to where you are in terms of giving advice to other women as to how they can be as successful as you. What would you say are your advice to other women to be successful? What does it take? You know, it takes first believing in yourself. Um, I would advise women to believe in themselves. You know, if there's something of interest that they're in, you know, into, uh, whether it's the sciences, whether it's politics, uh, whether it's the healthcare field, whatever it is, they should really believe that they can do it. There's been uh, a number of examples of glass ceilings that were broken. And if they're interested in politics, you know, it's always, for me, I always think it's great to start from the grassroots level, joining your local co- uh, political club and um, community boards and precinct and um, building a base of people who believe in you as well and going for it. Um, so, you know, the sky's the limit. <laughs> No one thought I would be a county leader, and when they look at me, they say, you know, 
You do not look like a county boss. Well, that's because you're so beautiful. I'll say that. <laughs> that's the truth. But you've got the combination. God bless you with both brains and beauty, which is a really a very generous a gift that God gave all of us because your influence yeah. will be very heavy. So I want to thank so thank much, you. Rodney, our assemblywoman in Brooklyn, and now the county leader of the wonderful Kings County Democratic Party. So we are so proud to have you in that place, Rodney, and I wish you very well. And this is Victoria Schneps signing off uh, for Power Women. And remember to tune in and to also pick up your AM New York Metro. Bye now. <laughs>